Hey everybody, Andrea here. Welcome back to another episode of The Bind. Today I wanted to talk about something that I think is incredibly important to start processing and it's also one of those areas that when my clients bring it into a session, I almost kind of, I don't know, I get somewhere between excited and cringy because I know it's such a beautiful place to begin to explore, but I know it is one of the hardest journeys for any person to ever have to take. And I shouldn't say any person to ever have to take, like that's probably like too big of a statement to make for this, but but it's pretty important to many, many people. In fact, I don't know too awful many people who do not struggle with this. Uh, and that is the concept of feeling like you're enough. I can't tell you how many clients come in to therapy trying to discern how to help themselves feel like they are enough for the world that they operate in. And first of all, one of the biggest questions I ever have is how did we get to this place in a society, excuse me, how did we get to this place as a society in which we're always attempting to measure our sense of self-worth? This makes very little sense to me. And I realized that so much of what we struggle with as humans, it might begin with that felt sense that we're not welcome or we don't belong, but then what it really boils down to is that we build it so deeply into the core of who we are and how we know ourselves that we become our own worst enemies. Um, to give a reference out of the Bible, just even if you're not a believer, just humor me and hear this story for the sake of the metaphor of what it represents. If you read the Bible, there is a story in which a woman who was caught in adultery is running away from people who are chasing after her to stone her. And everybody stops at the feet of Jesus and says, this woman is a sinner and she must be punished. And then it's kind of like Jesus pauses. Uh, if, if somebody's a theologian, everybody says he kneels down and he writes something in the sand and everybody's very concerned with what he's writing in the sand. As a therapist, I am from the take that I'm like, you know what, he probably wasn't really writing anything in the sand. He was probably just pausing, getting present, and grounding himself. Just imagine, like picture that in your head. Somebody who is being called upon to be a judge of a situation, he pauses, stops listening to all of the noise, kneels down, and just really grounds himself to where he would have to be doing something where everybody else disappeared. And in that clarity, he was able to ask the question, or make the statement rather, that he who sinneth not cast the first stone. And all of a sudden, everybody falls away. They disappear. And Jesus is faced looking at this woman who was labeled as the sinner, as the bad one, and he says to her, where are your accusers? She says, they have all gone. And then he looks to her and he says, go forth and sin no more. And I thought to myself, okay, knowing the way human behavior goes, this woman didn't, like, 
she lived a life that led her to a place in which she was in darkness. Like, that's very clear. If somebody has accusers chasing after them, they're battling some sort of darkness and, and the circumstances irrelevant. It's, it's what's happening inside of the heart that matters. He says, go forth and sin no more. And so I had to think a little bit further to myself. Like, she has a process. She's going to make mistakes. And a lot of times in our culture, we view sins as the behaviors that people have. The things that we do that either count us as good and acceptable or bad and unworthy. When I think about that, I realize that for me, what I'm really interpreting in that is that Jesus is calling this woman to start walking forward to see herself differently, to consider turning the path from which she is on, the way she identifies herself, turning that around and seeing herself differently than she's been able to see herself before. That's really where I go with that. And I think it's quite beautiful. And I think it's also very reflective of the Jesus that we're taught to understand according to the gospels. I know some of you are not believers and I completely respect that, but I do think for the sake of a metaphor, We can all relate and resonate with feeling like the one who is being accused and running away from our accusers and just trying to the best of our ability to dodge any bullets we think might come our way for the bad person that we are. And when those people fall away, because they do, if you ever pause to notice, a judge only maintains their role as a judge within your life, typically for moments. They spew out whatever judgment, whatever thing they deem that you're doing is unworthy or unacceptable. They give you their opinion and then they're gone. Every now and again, we have a family member who has that kind of impact on us and they just are a recurrent theme in our life and they're almost like near impossible to escape. But for the most part, we place judging eyes on ourselves based on those micro moments, those encounters that we have with other people who don't actually have too much investment in our lives at an intimate level. Yet we give them so much power and authority. We project onto them all of the negative things we assume that they're believing about us. And so to go forth and sin no more, to go forth and believe that you could exist and walk in the world in a different kind of way That makes so much more sense to me. How can you move forward and stop placing loathing and self-hatred on yourself for the identity that you carry as a human who walks in a world doing both good things and bad things simultaneously? And oftentimes, we don't even pause long enough to measure our sense of good. And our bad, oftentimes, most often, isn't all that horrible, but we spectrum ourselves and we determine to what degree we're lying in the good today or in the bad today. I have clients who will identify themselves as one way or another. For instance, somebody might say, you know, I was always the good girl. I always made the A's. I always accomplished what goals needed to be accomplished. Or yeah, I was the rebel. I was outcasted. People didn't accept me. And within that role, people assume you must not be acceptable. You must be bad. 
So we place these identities on ourselves and we start walking in these identities like we have to subscribe to them. Oh, this is my role. This is how I'm going to behave in society. And after so long, you continue to walk in that identity and there's a good chance that you lose the core of who you are in doing that practice and learning how to talk negatively about yourself because of the experiences you've had that have been less than stellar. And even the people who ascribe themselves as being the self-proclaimed good girls, they equally beat themselves up as though they're bad, as though they can't make the grade. This whole idea of measuring up in the world is such an incredible myth that we have come to believe. So when people come to me and say, Andrea, I want to work on my self-worth, I have to first figure out how to dismantle the power of the myth that you are unworthy. So how do I start doing that? A lot of times when we begin the journey of discovering what self-worth looks like, we have to start unpacking all of the places where that individual began to tell themselves that they couldn't measure up. And in some of the most interesting areas, when a person goes and turns in that paper, that English paper, and let me tell you, before I became a therapist, I was an English teacher. I think I've mentioned this before. And I had this term that I coined as tragic A minus syndrome. You know, as a teacher, I kind of like bounce back and forth. Now being out of the role as a teacher and being more in the role of a therapist, I do sometimes process that part of myself and go back and reflect like, what was the point in giving an A versus an A minus? You know, that I think that's kind of silly looking back on it. Uh, and an A plus, like what's an A plus? You're extra, you're extra good. You're extra perfect. I don't know. Maybe that's what that means to some people. And what it really was doing was it was producing a sense of anxiety for those individuals who needed to prescribe themselves and their worth in that identity of the good girl. The good girl gets the good grades. The good guy gets the good grades. Why do we do this to ourselves? If grades, for instance, began as a measurement of helping people understand their progress, how did we lose sight of opportunity for growth and transition that into a measurement of self-identity? Yeah, I'm not quite sure how people end up getting there. And what's worse is, as many of my clients come to realize, there's going to come a day in which your life can't possibly be measured in terms of whether or not you made an A, B, C, D, or an F. I guess in theory, if you label yourself as, if you label yourself as an ultimate failure, okay, I make an F. But Oftentimes, we don't live in terms of the F. In fact, the F isn't usually relevant, right? Like, if you get fired from a job, you typically go out and find a new job. If you get in a fight with somebody and potentially lose a friend, you either make amends with that individual or you part ways. I guess in theory, you could say you failed to some degree, but in reality, there's no measurement of F in the real world. And for that matter, there's also no such thing as perfection in the real world. 
we're people in progress. We don't get to a final grade. There are very few projects in life that uh, we can deem to contain either an A, a B, a C, or a D. We can grow, but nobody's out there patting us on the back measuring the degree to which we grow. So we're kind of stuck in this. It's, it's kind of up to us to be our own judges, our own guide as to where we're at in our life and whether or not we are where we want to be. Now, I do think that there are some things to be said about um, perceived mental barriers that might prevent you from taking that next bold step into accomplishing a goal that you've most certainly made for yourself. That's a very real reality. I face it often. Um, I've had to climb from being in a position, you know, when I began my career journey, man, what a trek that was because I started out in business and thought I wanted to become a teacher only to find that that role wasn't a good fit for me. And also it, it just felt too contained for me. Like my part of who I was, was somebody who was designed to like climb to a new challenge and see what was next. That's not a goal everybody has. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that was a goal that I had. And I kept siloing myself and telling myself, according to the world systems, I belong in this position. I need to stay here as a teacher because I'm a female or because I'm young or because I'm only educated up to the undergraduate level. Whatever the system is that's in place to attempt to tell me where my place needs to remain, I have to be the one to fight those blocks and work past it. And I did do that. I did that and I went into the master's program only to find that when I would go into the working world, I would then have to battle that sense of being enoughness and when I have the right to go out and and have my own practice. You know, you get on forums in your profession and you always see people's opinions about when they believe a person has, so to speak, earned their stripes for where they belong. So do I subscribe to the system and a person's individual beliefs about when it's my time to shine? Or do I go with the intuition that I believe I can make it and I'm worthy of making it and therefore I try? I had no idea when I set out to open up the cottage at 9.33, that it was going to be successful. No idea whatsoever. I was making a blind, faithed assumption that I was moving forward in something that I had enough skills in to be successful at. That was what I was moving forward in. Just the belief that I had wanted to do this for so long and invested so much that I was worthy of trying. It wasn't knowing that I was going to get there that propelled me to make a bold step. It was trusting that even if I failed, I had done my best to get myself in a position where I could potentially succeed. How do I put that into somebody? How do I take somebody who is measuring their identity as a grown adult or a young adult or even a teen or a child, how do I plant in the core of who they are that they are just as worthy of pursuing their life with passion and joy as any other human out there? 
Despite the systems that attempt to provide barriers to prevent us from getting to the next step. That's hard work. I don't know how many people have that discipline in which they're willing to begin adjusting the way they live out their life to accommodate building a sense of self-worth and self-belief. It is not uncommon when I'm with clients that I begin, when they, when they tell me they want to begin this journey of starting to incorporate self-worth and self-identity, we have to first start with some exploration of what broke them down into believing that they were not worthy. And then we have to start goal casting to help people understand the ways in which they are worthy and the dreams that they have. Have you ever journaled the dreams that exist within you? Have you ever given yourself permission to believe that it's okay to attempt to become more than what you are or something new altogether? A lot of people in this world believe they don't have the right to dream. So what I'm telling you today is if you really want to take that first step and start working on that sense of self-worth, you have to give yourself permission to dream that self-worth is a possibility for who you are and where you are in your life. This would be a fun journey to take with you all, and I think it's worthy of having more investigation and exploration of what this looks like in an ongoing way. So why don't you start with today by being that person who takes that first brave step of opening up that journal and writing down something you dream and aspire to become, and just let it exist in the world outside of yourself. I hope you all have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Be well, everybody.